in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Topic Thunder. Here on the Top 10 Show. I wonder if we got it right. I don't know if we did or didn't, so we'll find out. I waited on you, and then I went when you were going, so hopefully we did sync it up. We'll see. Uh, but I am John Roca. That is uh, Matt Nost, as you can see there uh, below. I am doing this from uh, the meditation room we have here in the apartment. I'm just It's a Friday the recording this, and I'm just relaxing today, so I don't have the whole mic and everything squared away. So we're just going to hang out with you all and answer some questions. Matt, how are you? How are things going on your end of the uh, of the world? Good. Good. Old age hit me. My, my I tweaked my knee walking upstairs, and now I've been fucking decommissioned for four days. Oh shit, dude! Really? I mean, I can still walk around and do stuff, but right, right. When if it's bad, when going up and down stairs is a pain in the ass, I haven't been able to do a lot of the things I wanted to, and I literally <laughs> walking up the stairs, and my knee just—I've had jumper's knee before once, right, right. Uh, just you know using it too much type of thing, but it's yeah, the other, yeah, yeah. what it is. I mean, it's nothing serious. It just rest is what it needs, mm-hmm. but out of nowhere. So yeah, it just sucks. Cause it makes me even more inside the house than right. I could be. And it's just like, ah, oh, God, I'm so stir crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. like a uh, Lindley had to go down to San Diego cause her sister broke her shoulder on Tuesday night. She Ooh. was, she was, um, and by the way, she's one of the head corners down there in San Diego. So, uh, it was a big deal because the next day they were bringing in all the tents for the COVID testing and shit down there. So yeah. she was, I think she was standing on, like she had accidentally locked her back gate. It's one of those tall back gates and she's not that tall. So she took a cinder block, I think, and she was standing on the cinder block to open it. And mm-hmm. when she opened it, she slipped off the cinder block right onto the asphalt and just shattered her her shoulder um and then was being really stubborn and still went into work so then he's like do you mind if i go down and take care of her i was like of course not jesus so she's been gone for the last four days so i haven't gone as stir crazy because like i have space in the apartment you know i don't feel necessarily crowded by it so i'm doing all right plus i'm going out like for an hour to walk and then driving the car around for half an hour just to kind of keep me level but if i had hurt my knee then i would stop i think i'd be going stir crazy too for four days if i couldn't like legitimately go out if i wanted to you know what i'm saying yeah i can but um like walking my dog she has to keep pace with me i used to just she likes to walk really fast okay let's just walk really fast i have zero problem but now i'm like every once and again because she's she's pretty smart so she'll catch on but again she'll go out too far and be like we gotta go slow we're like Slow it down, Chief. Slow well, it down. I, I mean, already walk her a decent amount, you know, take yeah, her yeah. 15, 20 minutes. And then our normal route now takes me like 35. It's like, oh, we're going slow. It's just, yeah. I know I can push it. It's just going to make it longer and longer and longer. So take my sweet time now and hopefully in three, four yeah. days, it's 
basically 100% back to normal. Just Yeah, the, the knee injury sucked, man. That sucks, <laughs> man. Going up fucking stairs. <laughs> stairs. I wasn't doing... And then after that is when I went to weed, which, you know, it didn't hurt it then, but uh, the next couple of days, it's just too much. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. so we're here for Topic Thunder. Yeah, that's right. Let's get into it. Uh, uh, you know how this works. You guys send in, you who are patrons, send in your questions for us to answer at the uh, uh, email. No, oh, no, 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 oh, no. I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Let it be. All right, fine. I didn't say anything. Uh, but uh, we might have to. We got to edit that out because this goes out for the free feed now. It didn't go anywhere. It did. I didn't finish the address at all. They don't know where to send it to. They don't know what at to send it to. So, um, but uh, never mind. Then people go out. Uh, people who are patrons send in their topics, and we talk about them and answer their questions. And it can topics from any wide range of subjects. So uh, that's how we're going to do it. So uh, should I go ahead and start? I think we started last time. Should I start this sure. time? All right. It's from Archie Bear. Uh, he says, hi, John and Matt. This month, I began my first year at university in Melbourne, Australia, and was wondering what your experiences were like at college slash university and what classes you each took. Cheers for answering my question. You guys are the best. Top 10. Boom. All right. Nost. Um, I mean, I had fun in college. Let's see what classes. I mean, a lot of classes. Do you have a favorite outside of like a random class here or there? Well, I mean, I took the Spielberg class that I took in the, in, during the summer of because uh, I I took regular class I took classes during the regular semesters, but I also took classes in the summer because I wanted to kind of get everything squared away and get out of there as quickly as possible. Because I came back to college after the service when I was 27 years old, so for me, uh, trying to get through college to get to the next phase of my life was really important. So yeah, I took a bunch of things. So for me, uh, all the theater classes were great. They were a lot of fun going back. But the uh, Spielberg class that I took in the summer was one of the most incredible classes because I'd never spent like an entire semester on one director. And the syllabus was like 368 pages long and it was covered. all. And I had no idea you could do this kind of analysis on a director in each one of their films so extensively. So that was uh, a fascinating dis- discovery for me. And really enjoyed it. Um, and so overall, that's the thing uh, that I came away with. And that probably kind of like cued me into analysis, like what I would need to do if I really wanted to analyze films and explore films. So I think that class kind of changed my approach to how I see movies. Okay. Um, it took a, like my looking back, some of my favorite classes were the random ones. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, you need to take one class from one of these kind of uh, topics, genres, field of study, whatever you want to call it. Right. And I took a, a criminal justice, two different criminal justice classes that were really cool. Uh, one was basically, in essence, we had to write an argument. We were given a side and you had to write an argument. You were given a bunch of facts. And then the teacher would basically judge you on the basis of your argument, whether or not they oh, felt wow. right or wrong. It was, could you prove the case? Of, right individual and I, that was a i was a freshman taking that it was all juniors <laughs> just part of and they did better because I, I befriended one guy and he was like it's really about this and he kind of gave me the construct of how to look at it and right i was already doing okay but compared to everybody else i knew i was one of the youngest in the the class but it was really cool and then i took another criminal justice one where uh, the teacher would put out like the facts of the case and you had to estimate what you thought the adjudication was. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, as part of that wasn't the whole class, but that was like something right, that, right. that became part of tests and whatnot. It's like, oh, this is a really interesting thought exercise. Yeah. Uh, but I took a bunch of programming classes. I took a bunch of math classes, philosophy. Yeah. Uh, I took a philosophy class once, right? So to me, after like a couple of weeks, philosophy in, is inherently just you're making an argument, but there is no right, right or wrong type of thing. Yeah. The teacher, I could tell, had a bias. And uh. yeah, after a short amount of time, he had his favorites and he had people that he just didn't like their answers ever. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> uh, so a friend and I turned in uh, two papers, right, at two separate times, but they were roughly on the same topic. And she got a much better grade than I did. And he was like, you can go back and rewrite any paper you want to. And I regrade it as part of like the, at some point during the semester. Yeah. I knew that he wouldn't be paying attention. He wasn't going to remember who wrote the fuck what. So I took her paper, <laughs> E plus, yeah. and made the adjustments that he asked for and turned it in. I just wanted to prove that the guy was doing this. I ended up with a B minus. <laughs> I did everything he asked. <laughs> and I ended up with a B minus on this paper. And I was like, dude, fuck philosophy, man. This is... <laughs> About all the extra, like you had a curry favor, and I don't know. Oh what. yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Most of those dudes trying. I had a Spanish professor. Uh, yeah. So I took like a couple of years of, of Spanish, and one professor over a summer uh, course, all the guys in the class were failing. Oh wow! And, yeah, and I actually knew the department head because she taught my uh, my Spanish one on one. Yeah, and. And then I had her for like year two, the first class as well. And I never missed class. I always did my assignments, like whatever, you know, and she always, so long as you put in the work, she was happy to have you in the class type of thing. Right. And uh, so eventually I went and talked to him and I had to have a couple meetings. And I got up to her and I was like, look, just look at the grades across the board and you can track my grades for the, all the other classes I've done into this one. Now look at grades of all the other guys in the class and look at the girls and go back and look at their previous years. Yeah. 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 Getting fired for it. I'm pretty sure he was trying to get laid. from (laughs) Couldn't believe, but he was, he didn't have tenure. Right. Uh, And the the philosophy one is, it's just an argument base. So there's nothing you can do about that. But the Spanish one was like, man, I'm actually pretty good at this, man. (laughs) Uh, but by yeah, and large, my, yeah, I, I had fun in college. You know, it's been my belief that these philosophy professors are just are tr- essentially trying to get laid half the time or get their ego stroked uh, by the class overall. You know, because you're right, philosophy is just like, oh, my particular perspective on a situation could be right or wrong, but let me teach you yeah. everybody else and what they think. Uh, yeah, but it could be completely wrong. Uh, so there you go. All right, what's our next one, man? Uh, well, good luck to you, Archie, out there. Yeah. Good luck, Archie. Uh, the next one is here, and it says, hey, Matt and John, I'll thank you in advance for taking my topics. Number one, in a comic book type world where tons of people have mutant abilities, what power would be the worst or least desirable? <laughs> uh, interesting. So if you're an X-Men 3, you know what I mean? And there's just mutants fucking everywhere. What would be the shittiest thing you could come up with? <laughs> it's, 
Wasn't there a guy that had quills in that one? Yeah. Something? Yes. Yeah. That's, and that's shot pretty those fucking lame. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, this person can rip you apart at a, an atomic level. What's the lamest one? Jeez. I think the blob one is the lamest one. I forget. I think the blob in X-Men where he yeah, just kind of gets bigger and then like consumes people who come near him. is like, yeah, he can it's absorb. Such, yeah. It's such a static, irrelevant, uh, skill to have, um, unless you trap your prey and you're usually large. So it's not going to be easy for you to trap your prey if they're quick and small or agile or can run fast or any semblance of physical shape. Uh, physical health, rather, you can't really kind of trap them. So that seems to be a pretty useless one. I was never scared of the blob. What about um, Reed from Fantastic Four? Just stretch. Being able to stretch? Okay. It seems like such a dumb compared to, you know, she turns invisible. Pretty yeah. sweet. Pretty sweet. He can turn himself into a human fucking matchstick and fly around yeah. and fire fireballs and do this really cool shit. All right. right. Uh, and lastly, uh, Ben can turn into a walking brick, which is cool as shit to look at. And he stretches. That is so yep. boring. I never understood. <laughs> yeah, because he could be in one room stretched and somebody could be destroying his body or his legs. Yeah. And he wouldn't be able to see it because he's not in that room. So, yeah, that's a fair point. Well, his ability was always like, you know, the whoop, 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 whoop. He could... <laughs> He just like sneak in the side, like just shoot his arm around and he hit the buttons they need to while distracting over here. It's like, yeah, yeah, this, this skill. I mean, every once again, he turned like super big and absorbed something and reflected back. That's interesting. Right, 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 right. Um, but I think Elastigirl does it better. Like it uh, turns into a parachute, like morphs her body so she can whip around and yeah. Uh, That's more the DC approach, like Plastic Man and Elongated Man, they can do those things. Reed doesn't usually do those kinds of things because that kind of stuff is revered for or reserved for, like, the lesser intelligent heroes that have a stretching power. Well, yeah, it's Reed's hook. Massive intellect. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, interesting choice. All right. What's our second one or second topic? Our second topic is – Given that a bunch of U.S. Uh, stateside are now staying home, got any recommendations for new TV shows to binge? Mm. Thanks, guys, for doing my topics, Pete. Hmm. Well, not necessarily. I mean, people are talking about that Devs show on Hulu. I haven't watched it yet by Alex Garland, the guy who did Ex Machina and uh, uh, Annihilation. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but it's gotten a lot of good reviews from what I've seen. I finished Valhalla Murders on Netflix. I thought that was fantastic. If you want to okay. watch a, a Dutch or Danish, uh, uh, um, Icelandic, sorry, Icelandic, Icelandic, uh, uh, murder mystery show. I enjoyed that. I was watching that. Um, I don't know much else. I mean, community just dropped on Netflix. So if you've never watched community, I would totally recommend community. All six or five seasons dropped on, on Netflix. So definitely watch those. Um, I don't know if there's any new TV shows that I've gotten into, unless you want to talk Tiger King, because that's fucking brilliant. So Tiger King. Yeah, but I think at this point, everybody's talked Tiger King and you either watched it or you just don't want to because it's hit, you know, uh, it's mass right now. Just every, I mean, once, once you see a picture of Stallone and his family dressed up as characters from Tiger King, just shows you how pervasive it is culturally that yeah. 
you know, Rambo is doing dress up because he liked the, show so much. <laughs> the family enjoyed it together. And it's a nice thing that they're all sharing. Right. It's completely fucked up. And by the way, Joe exotic is in quarantine. Because yeah. He contracted more than likely COVID. Uh, I found out from Lily today that a lot of people in that Tiger King Netflix series have started cameo accounts. And so they can like, uh, people are paying them to like do messages on cameo. I'm like, Oh my God, it never ends. Still though, the first couple people, I know Joe can't do them, but the first couple people that would have managed to gotten Joe, that would have been huge. Yeah, true. Very true. <laughs> like if, if you got one, it's Joe exotic saying, this is my first one, you know, type of thing. Like, this is amazing. This is a record of history because without a doubt, this was a moment in time. This was like a oh, yeah. type of thing. Everybody saw it. Yeah. We're all talking about it. There's appointment TV again, if you can find it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. But Tiger King is surprisingly good. Some people are saying it, it could be like, they could see it winnowed down to four or five, but uh, I thought it was justified. Oh, the episodes? I, I think uh, you could have combined six and seven into one episode and you'd have been just yeah. fine. But that's the only that's the only uh, shortening that I would even remotely suggest because every episode is engrossing and has a lot that they present. I just felt it felt like during six that they were dragging out you getting to seven. And by the time you got to seven, most of it was the meat of what you were waiting for. So they could have incorporated if they wanted to. But I'm not going to fault them because I got an extra episode and I enjoyed watching that episode. So, you know, there's no complaints on my end. Well, you would justify the spoiler alert, because we might as well just talk about Tiger King. They mm. just, I think it was justified in the same way that say Harry Potter was um, because the story, the first like four episodes, everyone is all new revelations. Yeah. Yeah. Which for a documentary is utterly amazing. Like when yeah. they- the end of what is it the second one and the final five minutes because it's the the precursor to episode three is just yeah man she killed somebody and then they go to the, you know a da and he's like you know what we did a thorough investigation but <laughs> inclusive and they go to the sheriff and they're like hell yeah but we couldn't prove it and, like, <laughs> and that's just the end and you're like what and then they yeah. open, i believe it was the third it goes two into three like that and they spend an hour talking about whether or not Carol Baskin killed her husband. Yeah. The poor <laughs> new husband is so emasculated. Oh, my God. But, that but was I think, tough to watch, yeah. man. And, but I just think the six and seven was justified because the first three or four hours is all new. That's stuff. a good point. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. It might have fight, felt too much in one episode if they do all of that. Yeah. Because, I mean, Jeff Lowe doesn't show up till like, the fourth episode or something like that, or third or fourth episode. So, like, while everything else is being squared away on one side uh, with Carol Baskin and Joe and then the dude who's the 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 the, um, the dude with the cult with the women all around him. Oh, then yeah. You get, yeah that, then, you, then you get Jeff Lowe. And then you get the, the larger dude who's riding on the sea jet ski or whatever. He, like, that guy comes in near the end as well. And you're just like... What is happening? And plus you have one husband for five episodes and then you get a new husband in the sixth episode who is going to lead you into now who's his current husband now. So you're right. They're still introducing new people, even in the tail end of the documentary. So it's pretty mind blowing in that way. It is. Um, But let's see outside of that. Yeah. I mean, 
I'm watching Westworld uh, and Ozone. Oh, yeah. Westworld after three episodes, I mean, I can finally understand what this season is going to be about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't heard good things. I don't know. It's it's a little all over the place. Okay. What about Ozark? Are you liking Ozark so far? Yeah, it's good. So it's it's the same as uh, the previous seasons in that it, it carries tension and uh, the family dynamic is great and the acting is all strong and the okay. story is compelling and interesting. It's just it's the same thing they that he and that team have managed to do the others. Uh, right. I just mix it in because it's more heavy. Yeah. And I don't want to binge just straight heavy for a while. I'd like right. to, plus might as there's no point of we're not leaving this situation anytime soon. So <laughs> I don't need to burn through what television I know is excellent Yeah, for crap. I can have a little crap here and there and still have my steak. Yeah. Good point. Good point. There we go. Move on. All right. Yeah, yeah, let's do this. Uh, maybe the last one. We got, we're at the 20-minute mark. Uh, this is from Alex Russell. Uh, he says, hello, John and Matt. Hope you and your family slash significant others are doing well in the current situation. To get away from that topic, I wanted to ask if either of you has either considered or attempted to be a part of the movie-making process. Is what you is, – and is what did you – oh, and what did you try? Part two, even if you haven't, what role would you want to be and who would jump out as someone you would want to work with? Top 10 for life. Best wishes from Boston, Alex and his son, Gavin. Uh, Thank you, Alex, who is the supervisor of Advanced Clinicals. Uh, Thank you very much, Alex, for listening to our show. Um, So he says, have either of us considered or attempted to be a part of the movie making process? Have you done that, Matt knows? Well, you've been in a movie. (laughs) It's the God's honest truth. I'm not. I'm not slagging off. That's a. That's a legitimate boast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have not been in a movie. So, mm. what was all right? So you were in Wind yeah. Talkers. I was. Uh, As a cool fighter. Price pr- process like for featured extra? Is it? Do you just walk in and they're looking for a look, or do you go in and do yeah. extra? Lines? Well, for Wind Talkers, it was more that like. They were looking for people who were current, um, uh, people who had just done or in military or had just finished the military. So for me, I was only about two or three years out of having finished serving and I had gotten my degree. So I happened to fit what they were looking for. And I had a different look than the other people that they had uh, read. And so they gave us like, um, monologues to read or scripts to read so they could see what we could do with a casting agent. So that was, it was essentially a pseudo cattle call, but then they whittled the cattle call down to people who had these specific boxes to check. Uh, And then when they did that, they, they did research afterwards to make sure you were telling the truth that you had served and that you'd gone to an acting school or acting class and graduated from it. Uh, and then they picked 30 people. And so the 30 of us were on set almost every day here in Los Angeles because they had shot in Hawaii for a couple of months mm-hmm. and the cost overruns were insane. So they brought Wu back here so they could monitor Wu the whole time. Uh, but I was making right off the bat uh, 250 bucks a day doing that. Um, and I was tapped heartily in. So yeah, so within the second or third week of coming to L.A., after three days, I already qualified for SAG. 
So it was a completely yeah, insane, that's a unique. yeah, unique, lucky situation for me. Um, and I, my, a lot of my friends were super pissed at me who had been here like six months to a year because they were struggling to try to get that. And that was a new experience too for me, Matt, because these are my friends who are helping me come out here and all of a sudden they're pissed that I'm immediately union within a week. So I had to deal with, I had to navigate that situation, which I didn't understand. Um, so it was, a, it was great to do it, but it was a lot of terrible fucking days. Um, but it was worth it for the money I was making. That's for sure. Well, I know at one point you'd mentioned that you, you managed to get that golden time. Uh, oh yeah. Woo. And that is honestly, that's one of those things, um, that once I started booking commercials and stuff, yeah. I heard about golden time. I didn't know what that was, which yeah. in essence for those, since it's on a union job, you can only work certain duration. And if you yeah. go in excess of that, what is it like two hours, then you get pay and a half. And if it goes beyond that, whatever, yeah. I have to look at the contract. And after that you get double. Yeah. And just to sit around and, you know, whatever else, it's just like, oh, that's beautiful. And then on a set, it's like, well, if you golden time today, maybe they didn't get the shot. And you have to go back and you've got a long day tomorrow and a long right. day after that. And, uh, so what is, I think I think if I remember correctly, it's eight hours for the union rate, which is, I think, two yeah. to 250. Uh, and then eight to 12 hours is time and a half. OK. And then and then 12 to 16 is double out double pay. And then after 16, any hour you work is your full day's pay per hour. So like 250 for the hour. Um, Or it's 8 to 10 time and a half, 10 to 12, double pay. And then anything after 12, every hour you work after that is uh, a full day's pay per hour. So 250 per hour. That's It's either one of those two. And it's been so long, I don't remember. But it's one of those two. Uh, that was the process. But yes, a couple of days we got into golden time and you can't, you don't go back to work the next morning. Like you have you know, required eight hours of a break uh, between that golden time and coming back to the set. But of course, every big studio production finds a way around that kind of shit by basically oh, intimating. They're like, sign in like this and you know, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, Look. there's a lot of shadiness that goes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what was it? For the longest time, it, it may still be the case. Back to the Future has never turned a profit. Yeah. <laughs> and Forrest like, Gump, the Forrest Gump, too, they tried not to pay Tom Hanks. He had to take the studio to court. Because exactly. like, there's no way you didn't fucking make money on this thing. Exactly. The, the marketing budget wasn't, I mean, for Back to the Future, and that was, I think it was, that story cropped up around when the, when he flashed to the future was going to be. Yeah. Type of thing, yeah. all yeah. building up to that kind of date, yeah. uh, and hearing like, "Oh, they, yeah, they never paid him." <laughs> are you are you fucking kidding me? That movie has been on constant air, yeah, for yeah. twenty <laughs> some odd years. Studios love studios love to fuck actors over. They love to fuck. Uh, just ridiculous. They live for it, you know. Just like owners and players, they love to fuck players over. Uh, I think so, yeah. owners are more hesitant to now because. They actually have public faces, whereas nobody knows the studio. Right. So they've got to face some backlash because they want to sit courtside or in their luxury box or be the general manager or whatever the case right. is. You're part of the public, whereas movie studios, it's it's rare if anybody outside of who gives a shit knows who yeah. they are. Yeah. 
you know, uh, heard the name Adam Silver or Roger Goodell. But if I said the name of MGM or Fox or anything, I'm, I'm assuming she'd be oblivious because yeah. you don't know who those people are. This side of Iger, I don't know who would know. Yeah. Just offhand the studio heads of, of the, you know, by name, you know, so and that's I, a great point. I saw his replacement. I read his name, but I didn't commit oh, yeah. to it yet. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, all right. Is there, do, do you have an answer to this? Like, did you, you, so you haven't, like, you haven't tried to produce or, or direct a movie or anything like that on your own in a small way or a big way? No, no, no I have okay. no real all experience right. with doing any of that. Do you? Cool. No, no, hell no. Uh, I would love to be able to produce a TV show down the road. But no, not a movie. That's that screams uh, way too much effort, way too much drama and tension and headaches and bullshit. So um, his last part of his question was, because we got to wrap up here, uh, what role would you want to be and who would jump out of someone you'd want to work with if you had a chance to be a part of the movie making process? What role would you want to have? Um, hmm. What role? Yeah, would you want to be a producer, a director? Uh, oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. That. I was thinking about what actor's role. Oh, no, no, no. I think you're saying what role in the process. With. Yeah. Um, I don't know, because it would be cool to be, if I understood all the different aspects, like what a cinematographer goes through, the thought right. process when they want to choose, okay, I'm going to shoot in this and, right. and, and like make those d- distinct decisions. Um, that would be really cool to see what that thought process is like. And then talking through, uh, their projection of, okay, well then, you know, what about this? And, and basically help bringing an idea to life to getting someone who's very visually, uh, creative and, and that's how they view the world to have that type of discussion, because it would help expand my basically understanding and scope for what that that process is overall. That'd be pretty Yeah, I agree. I think that'd be fun. I think for me, it would definitely be executive producer because I'd like the responsibility of running the thing, but I wouldn't want the director responsibility. I'd like the responsibility to make everybody to put everybody on the same page and to make it work, you know, and troubleshoot the decisions and figure things out and and put it all together and bring a team together to create this process and uh, kind of have one direction towards something. So that's what would be my overall if I was going to do it, I used to think I wanted to direct when I was younger, but it's too much of a headache. I think executive producing is where you get to be able to at least be a little bit away from it um, in a different and, you know, kind of look at it in the larger picture rather than being knee deep in it. So in my opinion. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's uh, this episode of Topic Thunder. I want to thank everybody for downloading this and watching us or listening to us as we do this remotely. Thanks to COVID-19. Uh, Matt, anything you want to say? Um, please follow me uh, at Matt Nost, M-A-T-T-K-N-O-S-T, and check out my other podcast, Embrace the Hate. And uh, that's it. Okay. Follow me at The Roka Says on Twitter and on Instagram. And please uh, go and uh, watch the uh, content I have on my YouTube channel, www.youtube.com slash John Roka Says. Go and take a look at all the stuff we're doing uh, there. Um, all right. Uh, thanks again. And please keep sending in your topics. And thanks for supporting the show. We can't thank you enough uh, during these times where people are struggling that you maintain your support of the show. It means extra uh, more to us uh, than it usually does. Um, So that's it for this episode of Topic Thunder.